Good day, everyone. Welcome to the CSU Relentless Gardener podcast. I am Colorado State University horticultural specialist Linda Langelo, and joining me today is Lou Ann Aiken, garden ambassador of Tagawa Gardens in Centennial, Colorado. Now let us get to the heart of it where we explore the horticultural topic of gar garlic. Hello, Luann. Hello, hello. It's great to be with you after our chats back and forth getting this set up. It's great to be yes, here. Yes, good to meet you. Good to meet you. Nice to meet you. What is your fascination with growing garlic? I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that uh, Tagawa Gardens, where I work as garden ambassador, um, carries so many varieties of, of gourmet garlic, um, what we refer to as seed garlic, because where well, you can certainly eat it, it's not what you would want to uh, spend your money on to just take it home and eat it when you could take it home and plant it and have a huge, you know, harvest um, right. of, you know, plant 10 or so different uh, types or, well, that's me. I shouldn't go there. Um, if, if you get it and you plant it, it will be much more interesting than the garlic you get at the grocery store. Guaranteed. And so other than that, why would you grow it rather than getting it readily in the grocery store? I mean, that makes life easy, right? It does. It does. And I totally understand if people, whatever, aren't into gardening, they don't want to get this kind of, you know, new hobby going. But for those who do, um, it's very rewarding. The garlic in the store is is one, usually one kind. It's what we call a, a soft neck, which we can get into in a bit. But it is sort of the vanilla of garlic. It doesn't have a whole lot of personality, if you will. Whereas the garlic that you can buy um, for seed garlic, for the gourmet garlic, has all kinds of different overtones. People compare it almost to wine. You talk about a smoky flavor or a, a little bit of a you know crisp, crisp flavor. So uh, Tagawa's will carry somewhere in the neighborhood of 35 to 38 varieties of garlic this year. Other garden centers sell very fine garlic, but it's usually maybe five or six different varieties. So one reason I got interested was because when I realized that uh, Tagawa's uh, would bring in dozens of different kinds of garlic. I, that really piqued my interest. Who knew there were that many different varieties of garlic? And indeed, there are hundreds more. But these are these are types of garlics that grow well, do well here in our climate and in our soil. So there's one other thing about buying the cloves from the grocery store. Mm, right. <laughs> many of them have been treated specifically not to sprout, which is not what you want when you do want it to sprout and grow and produce a nice crop of garlic. So you can't really tell by looking whether or not it's been treated or not, but uh, it's well worth, if you have any interest at all, uh, going into your favorite garden center and finding some of that gourmet garlic. Um, at Tagawa's, we have signs that describe the different kinds of, of tones that the garlic has, and you can pick one or two bulbs, and, and then you're off and running with something quite different, and I guarantee you people will enjoy receiving it. You don't have to look far to find somebody who says, you want some garlic? Well, I want some homemade gar homegrown garlic. That would be great. So what would you recommend to the listening audience for the ideal conditions for growing garlic? Garlic is pretty easy to grow if you do some very basic do's and don'ts. One of them is full sun. Um, it's not going to grow large. It's not going to grow well if it's getting any amount of shade. The next one, which is critically important, is it needs to be well-draining soil. So I think one reason that people sometimes fail at growing garlic is their soil simply doesn't drain well enough. And like any bulb, it sits there and it's it, the 
it's moisture won't, moisture won't drain away and it just rots in the ground and nothing ever sprouts. So full sun, well-drained soil, rich soil. So in my beds, I will put in, oh, probably work in maybe a couple inches of compost every season, every fall when I plant. And that really opens, helps to open up the soil. It makes it full of organic matter, which garlic loves. And garlic is somewhat of a heavy feeder. So I put in myself, I ha um, have worm bins worm compost, and I'll put in a couple tablespoons of worm compost with every single clove that I plant. And that seems to help too. And they're really easy to get started and do. They absolutely are. If you have that bed, if you have your growing area well set up, um, you crack or open that bulb of garlic. You certainly don't plant the whole thing, but you crack it open. I would say no more than a day or two before you actually plant because the cloves can begin to dry out. And then you you create a little hole. I put them down in the ground. I tuck them in well, add my worm compost, which I really like to use because I have worm bins and that's a great nitrogen and general you know, uh, nutritional source. And then I make sure that the point of the clove, the top of the clove is about three inches below the finished soil line. Tamp it down, water it really well, and then I let mine sit out in the sun, assuming it's warm. One of the advantages of planting uh, when I do, when, when people should, is the ground is still warm. So I wouldn't plant it in late summer. I would plant it in early fall. So late September, early October-ish in there. The ground is warm. Um, if it's really warm in the sunny days, I leave it uncovered with mulch, without mulch, for a few days. And then as soon as the weather starts to turn a little bit cooler, I put in put on two, three inches, maybe, maybe four inches of very clean straw, weed-free straw, and then uh, we're off to the races. So can someone actually plant it in the spring if they miss the fall planting? If, if you plant it in the spring, you'll probably get garlic greens, which taste very much like garlic and they're very usable. But garlic needs that winter chill to really create um, the finished product of a good large head of garlic. Um, so yes, you can plant it. You could grow it in containers, although here I don't really trust that because containers up out of the ground will freeze solid. Um, so I like a bed of some depth um, and my beds are not that deep. They're probably, the, the timbers themselves are maybe eight inches tall. So I, I'm planting in that, going down into the soil below, but I really wouldn't try to get a crop of garlic in this climate in a container or plant it in spring. Good advice. Good advice. Uh, I know there are soft neck and hard neck. So tell the listening audience, what's the difference? The varieties that are soft neck are generally considered to be a little less interesting in terms of the tastes and the nuances. Um, perfectly fine garlic. I grow some of it myself and it does very well here. When people see garlic braids, that has been uh, created with soft neck garlic. So that stem, everything above, above the bulb itself is very soft and pliable. Soft necks also have a reputation for storing longer than the hard necks. The alternative is a hard neck garlic. They produce this curly Q scape. It's kind of a flower stalk of the garlic and some people will actually harvest those not being that much of a cook. I generally clip those off as soon as I see them. And there's some debate on when you, when you shoot or shouldn't, but I clip them off and just try to divert as much of that energy as possible down into forming up the bulb itself. The hard necks have a little more exotic uh, sense going with them. They're beautiful stripes and purples. And, and uh, it's, it's kind of a little bit different beast. If you're not a gourmet, the soft necks are just fine. Um, but I would throw a couple hard necks in just for the adventure of it. So would you 
care to mention any favorites of yours? Um, I have had a really good harvest this year with something called Red Reason, R-E-Z-A-N, and that's a hardneck. There is um, Inkillium. Don't ask me to explain <laughs> where these names come from. A lot of them are from uh, colder climates. There are cold tolerant garlics that are, if you lived in the mountains and you could create a bed that was somewhat open, you can, you can find garlics that are more cold tolerant, can withstand the winter if they're well mulched. Um, Russian Inferno, which I'm told isn't all that hot. I, I, my great way of, of using garlic myself would be to, to bake it, to roast it, and then find a big uh, loaf of bread and just leave me alone for half an hour. But there, the, the signage really should tell you the nuances of the flavor, whether it's especially hot or moderate or bitey or the bite grows. They really do talk about it like wine in terms of what it does to your palate. It's, it's almost like olive oil. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So garlic is not free of pests, right? The, the, in some climates, they do have a lot of trouble with, you know, parasites under the ground, like maybe um, uh, some kind of infection of, of a, well, like worms, or ca not worms, caterpillars, things that would, you know, bore kind of things. Um, here in Colorado, the only problem we have is if it's not well draining and then they just rot and that's, you know, a disease condition, but we are so lucky here. And one reason I like to really advocate growing garlic is because it's really easy to grow here. If you follow those basic do's and don'ts, um, I, I tell people a couple of things they should grow in Colorado is lavender and garlic because it loves it here and you meet their basic needs and they do especially well. They're not a high maintenance crop. Well, that's wonderful. So basically any gardener, if they really wanted to try some, could do it. If they have the sun, well-drained soil, and just some attention to details. I do winter water my garlic. Um, you have to take into account that you have a good layer of mulch on top. I use have used pine needles in the past. I'm kind of into straw using that right now. Um, but you have to understand that the the mulch itself is going to be absorbing some of the water. So you have to water it a little bit extra. I have now taken to doing drip irrigation under the mulch. And that works really well. But because of all the rain we had this past season, um, my garlic bulbs were especially large, but they also were drained well because I made sure that, that even without heavy rain, that soil is well draining and it's not going to be a problem for the garlic. So when you winter water, since we had a lot of snow, how, what do you look for? What can you tell a gardener is it like two weeks of really dry weather and windy weather during the winter and then you go out and water or how would you recommend? I would probably every three weeks, maybe four weeks, unless you've had a good soaking snow. And part of the challenge with Colorado is um, people don't understand that on average with about a foot of snow, you have maybe an inch of moisture, maybe at best. And so I supplement that and I have a nice watering wand, so it's not a problem. I don't run the drip during the winter, obviously. But I just really lean toward a little overwatering, knowing that my soil will drain well. Um, and I will go out on a warm morning. You know, we have that shirt sleeve weather uh, winter morning sometimes. And I will go out and just make sure that it's really moist. And then come the spring, I got larger. I harvested larger bulbs this year than I have ever harvested. And I can only attribute that to the amazing rain we had. I was a little worried, but it soaked it up. I have some actually great many uh, bulbs that are, oh, I'd say almost three inches across. 
you know, and that will partly depend on the variety too. So you can't water a, a smaller variety and have it become, grow to three inches across. But no, I no. would, and then water well, what seems well, give it a, an hour or two and then dig down in there and see how well the moisture got down into the soil. The garlic itself will take up, the roots will take up water that's maybe six, seven inches deep easily. So the roots are longer than people might expect. Good tip. Good tip. And so are there any common diseases in Colorado that you would recommend people to watch? I have, I've never run into them. I never have. Only thing is running, you know, dating, going back to that uh, uh, soggy soil, standing water. It, they, they just will not do that. Um, but I've never had any insect problems. As you well know, a lot of people will use things like garlic sprays as a, you know, repellent. So I haven't found anything yet that eats the tops and we just don't seem to have the conditions of the parasites that they have in some warmer, milder climates that would affect it, you know, underneath that, that the root and bulb level. Yeah. And, and I know there are pockets of Colorado that have clay soil and pockets that mm -hmm. have sandy soil, and then you've got your mix. And I, I certainly would encourage anybody before they even do it to know what kind of soil they have before they even start. And as you know, CSU is great with soil testing. So oh, get yes. a plug into that because it's it's yes. it's a big deal. Colorado <laughs> notoriously does not have much in the way of organic matter. And so no. if you did a soil test, you'll always come back. You know, you know. And another reason your your garlic bulbs are probably larger is because you have rich soil. I, I add compost every year. I mean, as a as a former master gardener of 25 years ago, um, the uh, and I would advocate that so much for anybody, just as a side note, master gardeners are great. Um, you never, building your soil up is a journey. You never get there. You never, ever get to, you know, we're not in the Midwest where they can you know, go out and dig a hole and plant and have a harvest. So it's, it's a process, it's an ongoing process. You're never really arrived. Garlic is a heavy feeder. It's going to pull a lot of nutrients out of the soil. So yeah, every, every uh, fall I uh, will go out and lay down couple inches of really good quality compost and and, uh, and that's, an, that's an important tip in the fall yeah in the to, fall yeah to allow it to to integrate and and work in the soil yeah now um in the fall it's good to put it as i'm not trying to get off topic but um yeah i would work in compost for normal crops in the fall for vegetables and stuff for garlic you put the compost in there and then you plant work it in and plant immediately well, and when you do that, it's not like uh, an artificial fertilizer that you mix right. with water and you feed it and it's automatically and re readily available. Mm -hmm. This takes time. You can't just throw it in there and throw your crops in and say, okay, I'm good. You've right. got to give it enough time to really become part of that soil structure and make yeah and make sure it's fully decomposed so you're not going into that uh, continuing to decompose you know while you have a crop you're trying to grow in it you know yeah. you want to make sure it's done with that decomposition and burn your crop <laughs> exactly yeah too hot too hot exactly does, does a gardener need to rotate their garlic every two or three seasons i don't simply because i don't ever see diseases or or pests um in a in a warmer climate you may well things that can survive you know over the winter um but i have never had a single problem and I, my raised beds have been my same raised beds for garlic for you know several years now and i see no signs of of issues at all well that's great to know 
if a gardener does find that they do have clay soil, what do you recommend that they should do? When the soil is dry, 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 you can work in your compost. Never work dry soil, ever, ever, ever. You will make bricks. You will make round adobe clods that will take years to disintegrate. Been there, <laughs> did that, never again. So one of the advantages of growing in, in beds is you can reach it from either side without, I never walk on the, the, um, the garlic beds themselves. What I do have is a large piece of plywood that I use to straddle the bed. And I just keep moving that up along the length of the bed when I'm planting my garlic. So I have weight, but it's evenly distributed. So it's not under underfoot. And I just keep moving that up along with my knee pad. Um, and plant the garlic row by row just to make sure that I'm not compressing that soil and pushing out all the air. Well, that's a good description because what you're doing is trying not to compact that soil yeah. back down again. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I must say that that I did plant my garlic as we were talking about planting each clove with the tip up, the pointy side up. One year I planted a whole variety of garlic upside down. Don't ask me why. I don't know where my brain was. And it did a roundabout and came up just fine, <laughs> but it looked a little funny. Yeah, it, <laughs> it might have found up. <laughs> might have taken a little longer. <laughs> exactly, it did. But I opened that that soil up and I thought, well, Luann Aiken, you are a goober. <laughs> you know, it's just uh, what did I do? <laughs> we have all done something. Let yeah. me tell you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Fortunately, this one really had no particular consequences. But uh, yeah. It worked out fine. It's it's fairly tough stuff. It wants to grow and it will indeed poke up sometimes um, if the weather is warm enough. It, the, the first little uh, sprout and stem may poke up through the mulch. Um, so in the springtime, it, don't worry about it. It might get a little tip burn, but it's not a big deal. It's not going to hurt the bulb. And then in the springtime, when I start to see it just wanting to come up, I will go and spread that mulch out a little bit so it has more of a clear shot to the sunshine. Wow. I don't remove it. I just open it up and I create a pathway to the sun. Wow. Good, good tips. Good tips. So does the garlic bed, I know we've talked about some of the maintenance. Does it have a lot more maintenance than what we've sort of gone over? It really doesn't. The one thing that I do find I have to stay on top of one reason that you, that uh, it's recommended you put a thick layer of mulch on is because partly to keep the moisture even keep it a little bit warmer through the winter or less cold. Um, and then in the springtime, the weeds will want to take over. Garlic does not like weeds. It just hates to have competition from weeds. It really can take a toll on the, on the crop and the harvest. So bindweed in particular will find a way of kind of find a way of coming up through the mulch. So stay on top of that. A lot of times they will, that those little vines those little, will actually try to use the garlic as a, as a trellis. To work your way. So I would definitely stay on top. It's easy to pull because it's never gotten a really deep root system, but stay on top of the weeds come springtime. You know, if somebody did have a lot of bindweed. I know you've sort of mentioned about putting them, uh, you know, the big pots aren't necessarily great and, and overwintering outdoors, but I mean, what, what else can somebody do? I mean, you know, yeah if if the pots are going to freeze and you've yeah. got vineweed, find another location if you have it, I guess. If you're trying to grow it in pots, um, your odds of getting bindweed are probably somewhat less. Um, 
I know people who overwinter different kinds of, of plants with bubble wrap, or if they have an accessible window well, sometimes they'll put it down in there, but you still have to keep, you know, on top of it and water it and pay attention to it. Yeah. Well, that's a good idea. <laughs> I couldn't do it with my window wells. It would be a major project. I'm in a little bit older house. It would be, you know, time <laughs> to bring in the crane or hoist or something. But yeah, <laughs> I, I know people who do that. Wow. And so what types of garlic are best for our gardeners in Denver and the front range? Either hard neck or soft neck. The soft neck is generally uh, not quite as winter hardy. But if you're doing the mulch properly, um, I don't see that as an issue. I prefer the hardnecks just because I love seeing those stripes and the purple hues. I have one called Brown Tempest, and it's just a rich purple brown. And that's generally on just the outside wrappers. One other thing that I might bring up, Linda, is for every leaf that grows up that stem, mm -hmm. of the, uh, the whole upright stem of the garlic that you see above ground, each one of those leaves leads down to a wrapper around the bulb. So it's one leaf, one wrapper. And when you do harvest, you want to make sure that you're keeping as many of those wrappers, those paper-like wrappers intact, because that's what's going to keep the garlic from drying out as fast as it would otherwise. Well, that's important. I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's really, not, it's really not a high maintenance thing. Once you get it planted in the proper site, um, watch those weeds. Don't hesitate to water. Check the soil once you have water to make sure it's getting down a good, a good six, seven inches. Um, so I can't tell people, as you all know, you can't tell people how much you, they should water something unless you know what their soil is, what their exposure is, what their watering device is. So checking the soil is the key. How far down did it really grow? Go. And, and watering is the most challenging task of gardening. It really is. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, it's and it's very difficult to teach somebody how to do it properly for any particular situation. <laughs> yeah, and, and I understand they want an easy answer and it's not a hard answer, but you need some information to make an accurate answer. Exactly. Exactly. So since Tagawa carries a wide array of gourmet garlic, why does Tagawa do it? You know, I have never asked them that. Tagawa's likes to do things a little bit differently sometimes. Um, and for that's a really good question. I will find out other than an answer of that's what we've always done. But why we started it, it's just, it, um, yeah, that's a great question. I'll get back to you on that. Okay, I look forward to that. <laughs> so what are the health benefits of garlic? Um, I read that the Siberian garlic grows in cold climates is one of the best for health benefits. It and it seems to come from Europe and Russia. But what what can it do for someone? I hear that it is good for heart conditions. I hear that it is good for your blood. Um, it has a certain number of you know vitamins and, and nutrition. But I think overall, it to me, it's just it's it's unlike a lot of other things you could eat and it's about filling in a broad array of things to eat. But there are definitely people who say that it has, has real health advantages. And I don't know, but what, maybe that's because you're have your own space in a crowd. If you eat enough of it, <laughs> no mask, <laughs> no mask required. <laughs> oh, okay. That's a, yeah. <laughs> okay. 
Is there anything else before we sign off that you would like the listening audience to know about garlic? Maybe we should talk just briefly about the harvest. Um, you want to harvest your garlic when the top or make that the lower third or so of the leaves have started to yellow and turn brown. Um, that means the bulb itself is shutting down. So there's no reason to, to wait. You can always do a test dig. And I emphasize dig. We do not have the kind of soil where you can pull garlic out just by pulling on the stem. That's a really bad idea. So take a garden fork and hopefully you have planted them far enough apart. I plant my my uh, cloves about six, seven, eight, six, seven inches apart. And the rows, I'm going to increase it this year to probably nine or 10 inches apart. Otherwise, it's hard not to skewer them in the spring. So you take your garden fork, you lift that soil, and then you can gen gently uh, pull out the bulb. Um, I'll bundle about 10 of them together with either string or a zip tie, hang them in a very airy place out of the sun, let them finish curing, which will increase the shelf life. And by curing, I mean, you pretty much let that entire stock just dry down completely. Um, and then I tr trim them off, leaving maybe an inch or two at most on the top. I gently trim and clean the roots and store them in some place that is cool and dark um, and just, you know, hope for the very best shelf life. Again, the hard necks have a less of a shelf life than the soft necks, but they're all worth trying. It's, I, I don't know. It makes me happy. What can I say? Growing garlic makes me happy. <laughs> well, I'm glad, <laughs> you know, I'm not into shoes and purses. I'm into growing garlic and other weird things, lavender and things like that. That's okay. We all have our passions. Yeah. Trust me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's good. It's good. Well, thank you, Luann, for joining me. My distinct pleasure. I've been looking forward to it. Yes. And a thank you to the audience for listening. Tune in next time when we get to the heart of the matter on another horticultural topic.